Welcome to the Sales Street Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. And for more information about our church, visit salesstreet.org. I'm going to read for us Acts 18, verses 18 through 28. After this, Paul stayed many days longer and then took leave of the brothers and set sail for Syria, and with him Priscilla and Aquila. At Centre, he had his he had his hair cut, for he was under a vow. And they came to Ephesus, and he left them there. But he himself went to the synagogue and reasoned with the Jews. When they asked him to stay for a longer period, he declined. But on taking leave of them, he said, I will return to you if God wills. And he set sail from Ephesus. When he had landed at Caesarea, he went up and greeted the church, and then went down to Antioch. After spending some time there, he departed and went from one place to the next, to the region of Galatia and Phrygia, strengthening all of the disciples. Now a Jew named Apollos, a native of Alexandria, came to Ephesus. He was an eloquent man, competent in the scriptures. He had been instructed in the way of the Lord, and, began, and being fervent in spirit, he spoke and taught accurately the things concerning Jesus, though he only knew the baptism of John. He began to speak boldly in the synagogue, but when Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they took him aside and explained to him the way of God more accurately. And when he, was, and when he wished to cross to Achaia, the brothers encouraged him and wrote to the disciples to welcome him. When he arrived, he greatly helped those who through grace had believed, for he powerfully refuted the Jews in public, showing by the scriptures that the Christ was Jesus. Thank you, Father, for all that you have done. Lord, we ask right now, Father, that you open your word and your life to us, Father. And we just ask, Father, that we will follow after you. Lord, let us obey the scripture. Let us look at the scripture in your name. Amen. I think I figured it out. I think I didn't have it pushed down enough. That was on me. Well, good morning. I am uh, Kent Shepherd. I'm one of the uh, one of six elders here, and we're excited that you are with us this morning as we read um, Acts 18, 18 through 28. Um, just being honest with you, when you look at this, we understand that as we're looking at this, this is God's word. It may not be sometimes the the most exciting parts and and. and but I am so excited that we are in a church that believes in exegetical um, preaching and going verse by verse, looking through God's word. And, and, and as we look through this, there is truth in this. We believe that all the Bible is inspired by God and therefore um, we see truth in everything. And so we see that definitely this morning as well. So if you look with me at uh, Acts 18, 18 through 20. Uh, eight, we're kind of looking at as one church, we are many parts, but one body. We've heard this before in first Corinthians chapter 12. I think this is very appropriate for this area, um, um, for this area of scripture, because it, it fits a lot of the same people. 
Because in the church or the Corinth area, you had Paul, obviously the writer of 1 Corinthians, but you all later will also have Apollos come to that area who will who gets mentioned in this, but we also know who else was in that area ministering to Paul for a time was um, Priscilla and Aquila. And all three of the, uh, or all three groups are all four people here are mentioned within this scripture. And I see one of the truths that we can learn in this together as one, as a church, we are many parts, but one body. And we, um, and so one of the things that we're gonna see here is how does that do that? How does that work together? And so one of the things that we're going to see is that God uses this patch to see that God is using different people to reach, to serve, and disciple together. And he's using their unique giftedness um, to reach others for the gospel of Christ. So we're going to look at two things that are going to kind of intertwine. Even though I'll take some time for each, we're going to look at two things. We're going to see that we serve together and we disciple together. And the emphasis is on going to be on the together. Because God has made us one body to work together. I, I'm, I'm not a doctor, nor did I. I have not gone through anything beyond high school biology, and I probably barely passed that. Um, but, you know, if I remove my arm, my arm can do nothing without the rest of the body. And it's more than just muscles and bones, right? If the brain does not work correctly, if there's something, if, if a system's not working correctly, if a nerve system's not working right, why? These things separately matter because they all incorporate. They all look, they all make me move. They all work together and they're all important to form a what? A healthy body. This is why Paul uses this and, and why he can use it to talk about the church as well. And we're going to see that together, that we're going to serve together. We're going to disciple together. Those are the two points. So you can close up, go, right? Uh, and those are where we're going to go this morning. We serve together, we disciple together. So we're, as I told you, we're going to look at three groups of people. We're going to see the first group be Priscilla and Aquila. And you never see these names separated. And we'll talk about that here in a minute. Paul and Apollos. So Tim mentioned last week about Priscilla and Aquila. And uh, he used a name that got mentioned uh, multiple times in our, uh, our, 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 our preaching meeting. And a uh, power couple. And they are a power couple. And we're going to, there's something I have borrowed here from Bruce uh, um, Barton. And he called it the together team. And, I, I, um, and I've, I've just borrowed this from him. And I thought it was very appropriate and how it fits in this, we serve together in this first part. So he called them the together um, team. We see that they were a marriage and ministry partners. And, and, and although that they're marriage and ministry partners together, these four truths that we see that's in their lives, it doesn't matter if we're married, but, but also as we do ministry together, these four truths uh, need to be seen as we serve together so these four qualities that we see that they do and man and their marriage resulted in a major ministry but also we can work these things together to also form major ministry as well number one they knew the truth of God's word they knew the truth of God's word 
They spent time in God's Word. They, they, got, uh, they got familiar with it. We also know that they spent a great time, uh, deal time with Paul. And Paul, uh, as they were making tents together, as they were living life together, as they, they were do, as they were going and worshiping together, they had heard the teaching and the preaching many times, but they were also with other people who were investing the time with them in the Word. We know that Timothy, Silas, later Apollos, even though that they were investing in him, they, he was investing in them. The two go hand in hand. And, and, and this explains the reason why they were able to even pull Apollos to the side and to explain the, uh, the, the gospel more accurately to him. And they, and they, they were competent and handling um, this word of the Lord. Why? Because they knew the truth of God's word. They were soaked in it. They, were, they, 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 they wanted it. They knew it. It's so important as we serve together that we understand that God's word is very valuable for us to know. Not just here, but here. And it needs to be a part of our life because everything in which we do needs to have, uh, needs to be scripturally based and, and they need to see that in our work, in our life. Number two, they were focused on eternity. They were focused on the kingdom at hand, uh, on God's kingdom. They were not focused on building themselves or, or, or building a great church or, 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 or anything else, but they were focused on the eternity, not the temporary. Sometimes we get too focused on the temporary things of the world and we'll get very busy doing the temporary and we forget about the eternity. And the Lord is more one that has to focus on the eternity. One of the things that Barton mentioned um, here was that they were tent makers by trade, but they were focused on something far more significant. They're investing in people and seeking first and foremost to build Christ church the community they were focused on the eternity beloved we need to be so focused on the kingdom of God not the kingdom of ourselves and we need to be very careful to not be so busy to be focused on the temporary I know I can call, go in there I could do so many things that I'm so busy we talked about that in Sunday school this morning uh, in Ephesians chapter 2 that we can get so busy that we're running in vain we're laboring in vain if we do not have the focus on the gospel of Jesus Christ that the focus of what we do is not centered on what the kingdom of God is about amen number three they had an attitude of availability they had an attitude of availability their home was open. They were available. They were willing to pull up stakes. They were willing to let people into their lives. They had the, uh, they had the attitude of availability. Uh, uh, Lucas, uh, over a year ago, uh, maybe a little bit more, uh, recommended a book to me called The Gospel Comes with the House Key. And it completely helped me understand more about what my home should be like and that my home is a key to the gospel that inviting people in to see how we live how we communicate not that we are perfect or this but 
to have conversations around the dinner table, to have people be able to come and, and, and sometimes stay with you and, and, and live life with you and are, to, uh, are just to be able to invite neighbors over and, and, and to do these things, to have that availability. But sometimes not just with our home, but with our time, right? To be available with our time, to allow people into our lives, to talk with them. And we see that they were doing this. We see this with Apollos. We're going to go with this a lot more here in a minute. But we know that they were, uh, they, they brought them in. We believe um, that they brought them in to the side, to, to their home. And man, they discipled him and they loved on him. We see that uh, this is a continuation of what they, they had already been doing in, in the other churches as well, or the other ministry. And they were, lastly, number four, they were committed to ministry. Everywhere they went, the lives that they touched, and again, this is all, um, um, reading this from Barden here, they, they were active, sensitive, faithful, and steady, and they ended up having an impact on, on very influential Christian leaders. And, and he mentioned Paul, um, Apollos, Timothy, but we also know Silas, very influential people that they had a ministry together, but they were committed to the ministry. They were committed to the mission that Christ had laid out before us. Go make disciples, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them all that I've commanded you to do. We see these four, and like I said, although Barden used this as the together team talking about their, uh, their marriage and their ministry. I think we can also use it um, to, to, to look at what these four healthy things that we should also be doing together in ministry. So we meet them here at the very first here with Paul and they're coming back. Uh, so, so they accompanied Paul to Ephesus and they remain there. Uh, to continue the Christian witness even after Paul leaves. So we see that Paul has arrived. We know that, um, uh, that he, they went with them and he cut his hair. And just to make that real quick mention there, because it is mentioned there, it's not a Nazarite, uh, Nazarite vow here on this one because you can only do that in Jerusalem. What this probably was, was a Thanksgiving vow. But we really don't know a whole lot more than he made a vow, he cut his hair, and usually um, that would, uh, would, uh, would relate to where he was and what he did. So he was given a, a vow of thanksgiving. And so as they got to Ephesus, he went out and he preached to the, uh, to, uh, to the Jews. They wanted him to stay, and he did not uh, um, feel led. He felt led um, to continue. We're going to see that he's finishing up his second missionary journey to begin his third because this is going to lead us to our next part here as he has left them to serve and they, as we serve together, um, we're going to see another integral part of this is that we disciple together. And we see now, we're going to really kind of bring Paul and Apollos into this picture here. Um, so we disciple together. I always said disciples make disciples and Paul added the extra part here who make disciples and that's something to remember that Christ has encouraged us to make disciples of Christ. He, it's a command. He says, go and make disciples. Okay? 
He, uh, it, it is what part of the fruit of which we do. And that disciples make disciples who make disciples. It's that multiplication that we have heard. It is, uh, to, it's, it is for us to go and pour into lives of others. And we're going to see here um, for the gospel. We're going to see here in Paul and in Apollos. And we're going to see in different ways here. So here's Paul. And he departed and he went from one place to the next, to the region uh, uh, Galatia and Phrygia and strengthening all the disciples and if that's all we looked right there and we passed that we're passing something really big strengthening all the disciples this passage is a great reminder that discipleship which is helping grow in this in your personal relationship with Christ to go and make disciples teaching them what Jesus has commanded of us and and doing this is some some truths here one it is continual it's never ceasing the discipleship process there's not a stop point of that we're continually and pouring in and encouraging and making disciples and the process doesn't just end at a certain age we continue and we process with them we live life together discipleship and church and serving together these are just two elements but we're to live life together we're to encourage, we're to serve beside each other, minister beside each other, focus on, on, on the eternal things together, focus on what the kingdom of God is together, but we're also to disciple and teach and learn and live life together. And we see this as continual. Number two, it's an ongoing process. Man, I've discipled people and, and, and man, we, we've had our ups, we've had our downs. We've had our ups, we've had our downs. It's a process, it's a continue because why? We're, 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 we're humans discipling humans, okay? And, uh, and as y'all know, we're all perfect, right? No, we all fall, we all, we all have our failures. We, we're, no one in here is perfected, but, we, we are, but it's not by us who we're doing any of this. We're doing this through uh, Christ. We're doing this through the word of God, which is what? Through him, it is perfect. He, through his teaching, through what he can do. He can do things that we cannot do. The fruits that we see are not our fruits. The things in our life that is good is not ours. We're, we're just a result of what Christ has done through us. The things that are which of good are, are productive of me is not of Kent Shepherd, but it's of what Jesus Christ is doing through me. There is nothing of me that is good. I am unworthy. But man, everything of Christ is beautiful and good and the things that we see, and we see this as an ongoing process. And through this process and through making disciples, we see two things also. One, we got to be purposeful. I'm not saying that opportunities don't just sometimes come up because they do, but we need to be purposeful in making disciples. Man, I had a... I had a wonderful story last week and I didn't get permission to share so I won't give details but I loved how someone came up to me and they had been uh, given an opportunity to invest in a young man and that young man you know received Christ that is that is purposeful they saw something they they they, they knew it and now they're making sure that man th this young man is getting discipled and being it, it's not like oh okay my job's done you know, no, it is purposeful. And the second one is that goes into that, it's an investment. 
Discipleship's an investment. One of the beautiful stories we see this is with who? Paul and Timothy, right? Um, called a spiritual son, and they see that, that there's an investment, and Paul invested it into the end of his life. We know that 2 Timothy is his last book, and we know that that investment and who, who he was was to the very end of his life, and we see this investment, but we know that it's purposeful, and it's an investment. Are we purposefully looking and pouring in and investing in people's lives because if disciples are to make disciples I think one of the questions we need to ask as a believer who are we discipling who are we investing in for the word of Jesus Christ now 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 fathers and mothers our our first one should be our children right and then from there uh, man who else are we doing who are we investing in? So we see this strengthening, and the Greek word here just means to make firm or solid or set fast, to fix firmly in a place, to establish, to cause this inwardly um, firm or committed to strengthening. In other words, it just means to, um, to go, go back and firm something up. It means to just go back and encourage. And again, it shows you that process, okay? Um, And and it's also part of that as we mature. um, You know, as I have matured, uh, I need need a different type of um, sometimes discipleship, not the type that I needed when I first began. Okay, and it's just coming back and firming up some of the ministry and some of the encouragement, making sure that the teachings and making sure that we are biblically following the things of which the Lord says, man, we need that. We need that investment. And that's what he was going back and doing um, to people who had already made disciples. The next thing, though, we see in the second part, though, with Paul. So here he's gone, and now he's left uh, uh, Priscilla and Aquila. And notice that their names are never separated. You just don't see because why. Man, they ministered together. They discipled together. They served together, okay? They were, uh, and so they were ministering in Ephesus, and here comes this man named Apollos, Okay? And so let's reread these verses with Apollos here with me. And now a Jew named Apollos, a native of Alexandria, came to Ephesus, and he was an um, eloquent man, competent in the scriptures, and he had been instructed in the ways of the Lord, and being uh, 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 fervent in the spirit, he spoke and taught accurately the things concerning Jesus, though he only knew the baptism of John, He began to speak boldly in the synagogues, but when Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they took him to the side and explained to him the way of God more accurately. So here comes this man named Apollos. So let's look at him a little bit when we're talking about discipleship and and we're talking about discipling together here. So who was Apollos? So Apollos was a native of Alexandria. Okay, so he's similar. He has a similar history like Paul does. Like Paul, he was a Jew that was not from Israel. And Alexandria was a, had a high Jewish population in Egypt. And it was, it, it was very much considered an intellectual center uh, in that time. And it was an intellectual center in Egypt with a world-renowned uh, library. Okay, so um, that was from the ESV study Bible there. And so we know that uh, Alexandria was known 
for the, uh, being an intellectual sinner. And it was also a high Jewish population, so he knew the scriptures, he knew these things. And, and sometime down the road, he had, he had been discipled that Jesus was of Christ. Now, it might have been, it says that he only knew the baptism of John. So what that means is he did not know probably of the death and resurrection and, uh, of Christ. He had not known that part yet, but he knew who Christ was. He knew that Christ was the coming Messiah. He knew that these things, but he did not know the baptism of the Holy Spirit yet. He did not know the things that had happened at Pentecost. These things had not come. But what we do know is that with the things that he did know, he was preaching and, and teaching um, 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 to the Jewish synagogues, very similar to what Paul had begun to do after his conversion. So here are a few things that I want us to take note of Apollos. One, he was an educated man. He was an elaborate, he, he was an eloquent man, uh, just means learned, skilled, eloquent, okay? It just means that, that, that he was learned and he was able to communicate clearly and well. He was compliment. He, he was uh, competent in scripture, meaning uh, uh, some versions say mighty in scripture. Uh, it, it means that, you know, that, that he would use this Old Testament scripture in public preaching and debate. He knew what he was saying. He knew how to do that. And he, um, and, 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 uh, he, was, uh, he, he was going out and he was teaching uh, what he knew. And I loved... Um, during our preaching meeting and uh, in Paul's notes, uh, I, and, and Paul, if I messed this up, I apologize. But Paul made mention that, you know, he preached what he knew. He didn't wait. He, even though he didn't have uh, the whole thing yet, he didn't wait. He took what he knew and he was preaching it and he was going out. And, and I think that's so important that we see that he knew this was the Messiah. He knew that this was the Savior, and he was going out, and he was being faithful to the information that we know. We see that he didn't say that he was, in, uh, 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 that he was teaching something inaccurate. It says that he taught very accurate, but they gave him the rest of the story. They gave him the completed part. It said that he didn't know. Uh, he only knew about the baptism of John. So he took what he knew and he became, uh, uh, because he was already a mighty man of scripture and now they have completed the rest of the story, what we know in the gospel. This becomes a big part of who he's gonna be in the rest of this um, story and where Andrew will get to next week. But he was, uh, and the next part here is a teachable man. In Ephesus, uh, Priscilla and Aquila taught the Christian way more accurately to Apollos. Again, that comes from the ESV study Bible. That, that we need to understand something. There's humility into being teachable. In other words, we have to be humble to be teachable. And we see this attitude in which he also has of being a teachable man, that he had a humility about him. And here comes Priscilla and Aquila. And notice the two names again together. Um, every commentary I read made sure that was a point and to point out that Priscilla had as much in the discipleship as Aquila did, that they did this together and they pulled him to the side and showed, uh, and they, and they began to teach him and show him the, uh, um, to be more accurate and to what he was teaching. 
He was a great speaker. He was already doing and accomplishing, but they discipled him. And, and, and the thing is, is that he accepted it. See, we have to be humble and, and being able to be teachable. And this is, goes into discipling together. There, uh, it, um, the Spirit of God, you know, it, it's very humbling. And to be teachable and to learn from people, we have to humble ourselves. And we see this attitude in Apollos, and we're going to see it. Uh, we're going to see it um, uh, that he'll have not just this humble attitude to be teachable um, with um, a, a, a Priscilla and Aquila, but you also will see in the next chapter they had it with someone else too, right? He had it with Paul. Okay, because why? Because remember what we said: discipleship is a process; it's a continual process; it's never ceasing. So we. Uh, as I've already told you, many scholars feel like that Apollos was missing the information of the death and the resurrection of Christ. And that was that missing information. So as they, you know, they took them to the side, they, 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 um, the prophecy of their home, they instructed him, they, they began to live life with him. And although these verses seem like they go back to back, there's probably several months that are going on in this because because of what's going to happen in the next part of this. Not only is he a teachable man, uh, an educated man, but he's a missional man. And he wished to cross um, uh, Acrea and to the brothers to encourage him and wrote to the disciples to welcome him. He's going towards Corinth. And when he arrived, he was greatly helped um, those um, through the grace that he, be, uh, he believed and he was powerful in refuting the Jews in public and showing by the scriptures that Christ was Jesus. So we see that what was happening here is that there was probably several months and in this Aquila and Priscilla are telling him about what the ministry was happening in Corinth. And what we know in 1 Corinthians that Paul makes mention of the ministry in which Paul, Apollos did. He says that what? Paul planted, Apollos what? Watered, but God gets the glory. And we see because what was happening in there is you had some say, man, I'm with Paul. I'm with Apollos. And, uh, and Paul's going, that's all nonsense because we serve into the kingdom. So we know that he had a very effective ministry uh, and that, that, that Apollos went over there. So what happened was probably they're telling him the stories, they're, they're living life together. And he goes, man, I'm feeling, hey, I need to go there. This is, I, I, want, I want to share the, uh, the gospel. And, and as he's doing it, we see what? He was powerfully refuted the Jews in public, showing the scriptures that Christ was Jesus. We see that, you know, here he comes over there. He had the mission, okay? Just, just as we saw together, when we served together, we discipled together. And in the serving together, we talked about uh, um, Priscilla and Aquila. And one of the things was we talked about that they were focused on what? Eternity, right? And so this is where his focus is. Man, I want to go. I want to make sure that I'm, we're, we're teaching the scripture. And we see that his focus was on the gospel. And he told them who Christ was. The Messiah that you are looking for, he is here. He lived. He's died. He rose again. And he's still alive. So just as important as it was to Apollos 
as just as, as important as it was to Paul, and as just as important as it was to Priscilla and Aquila, the gospel, the gospel is equally important today. As, the, as this series is called The Church Here and Now, just as Apollos said, man, we got, I, I want to go and I'm going to preach the gospel. And, and he showed them who Christ was. Just as Aquila and Priscilla said, hey, man, Paulus, let's, let's, let's come in together. Let's live life together. Let's love together. Let me show you more accurately where this is. We're discipling. As Paul went and he went and strengthened, strengthened up the disciples. The purpose here was because of the gospel. And that's the here and now today. The now is, where is our focus? And so I, I just, before we kind of wrap this up, I just want to make sure that we understand that one of the things that uh, Apollos did, he had this desire to go share the gospel to others and, and he used his gifts for the Lord to become a great help. And part of our things, let's share the gospel this morning, is that here's the deal. If you this morning do not know who Jesus Christ is, if you don't know him as your Lord and Savior, very simply, Jesus came, he humbled himself to the earth, and we know that he was obedient to God's will, obedient even to the death, death on a what? cross and on that uh, and and he he died but three days later he rose again he is the fulfillment of all the uh, of what the prophets have told he has come and no longer do we have to go and sacrifice of animals and other things that jesus christ blood paid it all we had a debt and sin that we could not ever pay we try to work it right where you can work and work and you're going to work to your fingers to the bone and you'll never pay that off but Christ did for us he lived a life that you and I can never live and on that third day death was defeated and we know that when he left and he ascended he came and came upon us was the Holy Spirit and by and this morning if the Holy Spirit is convicting you I want to encourage you to come and pray with some of our church leaders this morning to um, pray uh, uh, we would love to tell you more about this gospel and it is life changing the man you see before you this morning is nothing without Jesus the leaders at this church is nothing without Jesus and everything we do is centered upon him maybe this morning you just need prayer we're here too maybe you just need to pray in your seat this morning man to do whatever on that feel led let's pray together as we go into this time of response and worship holy father we thank you for this day we thank you for all that you have given us we ask right now lord that you just uh, give us this time of focus of response of what your scripture has said guide and lead us in all that we do this morning we thank you for this time together we thank you for this time in your word in your holy and precious name